0: Bloody Elbow presents Care, Don't Care, the show that determines the most and least interesting fights on upcoming UFC events and sometimes strays outside of MMA into general pop culture. Here are your hosts, Steffi Haynes, John S. Nash, and Eugene S. Robinson.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Care, Don't Care, the show that previews the week's upcoming UFC events by determining which fights are hot and which fights are not. I'm Steffi Haynes, and I'm joined by Eugene S. Robinson. Oh, the crowd goes wild. Yay! The crowd always goes wild. (laughs) Author of Fight, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Ass Kicking, But We're Afraid You Get Your Ass Kicked for Asking, and host of the Show Stomper podcast, co-host of the If the Shoe Fits podcast, (laughs) owner and operator of the Eugene S. Robinson Substack, and All Around Badass. I would normally be joined by John Nash, but once again, he is probably passed out behind a bush somewhere. So we're. How
2: dry I am! There you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But he'll be back next week. Now we are going to look forward to UFC 282. But before we do that, we got to look backwards to last night's card. Boy, oh boy, UFC Orlando. Uh, it had a dry spot in the middle, but overall it was pretty damn good. There were some phenomenal fights, and guess who was right about Roman Dolidze? You were. Ooh, I was. Did you guys pick against me on that one? I didn't pick the fight.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm still, I'm it. still fa- phantom tapping to that maneuver. In fact, uh, at jujitsu this morning, I said that were that to happen to me, I would quit jujitsu and never do it again. <laughs>
1: that calf slicer i think that might have been the most brutal part of the whole thing
2: well the you know the thing is it, it's a compound move right mm-hmm. like so you're using that to hold the guy in place and if he gives you any lip so to speak you can always start extending your legs just to just to grind a little bit more and then all uh it was horrible 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 Uh hats off to Jack Romanson for lasting as long as he did because the second I felt that coming on and I was belly down, I said, Yeah, you know what? That's uh, you know, they don't pay me for for uh, I don't get paid enough for this. I'm out.
1: (laughs) Well, we are gonna look back at that card and we're gonna start at the top with Steven Thompson defeating Kevin Holland, and what a fight. That was crazy, and we got something good out of it. We got a corner stoppage, which was something that we have we have not seen enough of over the years. So when that happened, man, that that made my my heart sore a little bit because. You know, we never get those. It's really nice to see a corner pay attention to what's going on with their fighter. And and
2: you you should clarify that you said soar. You meant S O A R. Yes,
1: sir. Yes, sir. Soar like an eagle high above the clouds. I mean, that was that was good cornering, and I wish more would do it. I salute Kevin Holland's corner.
2: Well, and also I, I was like, it reminds me of competing at the IBJJF, and. I put, I put, I like, uh, I got injured and the guy who uh, won was like celebrating. I was, I felt like said, bro, what do you celebrate for that? God loved you more today. I mean, everybody's talking about Thompson winning. I'm not being a sorehead, but if my opponent breaks his hand, the first round, I'm like, I'm a beneficiary of someone else's bad luck. I don't say I won that fight. You know what? I mean, I do say I won it, but you know what I mean? It's like, uh, I, I, I understand that this is asterisked. So yes, Steven Wonderboy Thompson won this fight, but, you know, uh, does he win the fight if the guy doesn't break his hand? Well, if, 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 it's a lot of ifs, I got that. But the reality is he did break his hand and that was, he, he gets, he it, everybody wins in this instance. He digs down deep, shows himself to be a company guy, non parial and he fought essentially round two, round three, round four with a broken hand and did so ably. That's a man.
1: Mm-hmm, and his... His durability, we should speak about that because, dude, is tough as nails. My goodness, I mean. And you know what? To Stephen Thompson's credit, he's pretty tough, too, because in that first round, Holland was tuning him up.
3: Yep. And so
1: I want to salute Stephen Thompson on that as well. It was a great fight. I... I saw a lot of people calling it fight of the year. I don't know if it was fight of the year. I don't know about that. I don't know. But I would that. definitely put it in the running.
2: But, but I also don't... if they're both smart what they both do is say let's run that back. Yes. Because the because the rematch is good. Um the the rematch is really good and um and where else are they going to go really. I mean, you know what I mean? So
1: Yeah, I like it a lot. That's a very good suggestion. And we are going to move on to the co-main event, Team Old Guy again. Last night was Team Old Guy night. I know that had to make you happy.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, always, 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 always. And
1: plus we've all three of us been Rafael Dos Anjos boosters for a long time. Team Old Guy is still looking goddamn good.
2: He looked he looked renewed and you know, it's usually what I say about a Brazilian fighters is that the I think the first thing to go are their heads. And especially in an arena where they start stumbling and, you know, he had his stumbles, but I think, you know, I think having a family and being grounded and uh, grounded in the reality of, I got to feed these fools uh, somehow sharpens your focus a little bit. So um, yeah, he, uh, that was, uh, that, that was, and you know, he sounded like a complete and total professional about it. Like, which is, I think, another team old guy qualification. It's like, I'm not, you know, I'm not fighting like a 23 year old. I'm not fighting with piss of it. We're watching film. We're watching film on top of film and we're coming up with a strategy that we think works based on what we've seen. And I like that. He, he started talking about that. And you know, it's not like I was just going to go out there and hope to get lucky. Didn't, you know, watch some stuff, came up with a plan, executed on the plan. Thanks. Give me my check. You know,
1: uh, two things on that one. I think the return of the porn stash has a lot to do with it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. All and right. two,
1: I liked the call out of Conor McGregor. No champ talk. No, none of that shit. I also like the fact that he said that he will be staying at 170. He doesn't see himself fighting at 155 anymore. Good for you because that cut must be hard on you because for a, for a lightweight, he's pretty thick he's he's a healthy size lightweight also
2: i mean as a a team old guy i could tell you something that other people who are not team old guy don't know i used to be able to lose you know wrestled in high school used to be able to lose 30 pounds give it to you like instantaneously Mm -hmm. and definitely by the time i hit 34 i was like hey this is (laughs) kind of weird i can't do that anymore what and then i realized oh yeah this is what that aging thing is about Mm -hmm. so
1: you know. Yep. So I I salute his decision to stay at welterweight or permanently move to welterweight, whichever way you prefer to think about it. Yeah. So we're gonna move on to Mateus Nicolau destroying Matt Schnell. Woo. Mateo's Nicolaou is looking like a world beater. I like this guy. We've all liked this guy for a long time. I know you picked Matt Schnell and I think it might've been a touch of recency bias since he, you know, just a, a couple of months ago had that amazing comeback against Sumer but I don't know. I think Mateo's Nicolau is a whole different animal who has Eugene, I know you'll appreciate this, incorporated his wrestling into his MMA game very, very well. And he has them hands because them hands were what got it done here.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was watching the fight and I was super happy. Because I thought that I didn't pick Max no. Snell. <laughs> yeah. so imagine my chagrin when I you school me right now that I, that I did indeed make that terrible tactical error, you know. Um, and what I liked the most about this cat is that who was now a definite care, whereas he was, was a soft care for me before. Was that um, despite the audience booing, and he addressed that he was like, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I know what you guys want." He was like, "It was like when the audience figured out his shtick." They were like, "Oh my God, it's worth waiting for him." His fleeing, his Caleb Starnes bit, because unlike Caleb Starnes, he like interrupts it with some stuff that they that you don't see until the slow down replay, you know. Yeah, it was it was pretty masterful.
1: Well, I will say this because I forgot to say it when we first started breaking down the card. I won the week again. I beat, oh yeah, I beat John, and. um here's here's how it went i went four and two i picked six fights john picked five he went three and two (laughs) you picked seven you went three and four but only because you know you are a loyal guy so you pick certain fighters and that is how it goes so we are gonna move on to sergey pavlovich absolutely Mm. mauling tied to Mm -hmm. avasa and let me say something Sergey Pavlovich, I want to see him against anyone in that top three. I don't care. Do a round robin. Just line him up and let him fight everyone in that top three. I mean dude is a monster my god
2: he's a problem and I it made me now I need to seek out uh, his fight where he gets knocked out against Overeem mm-hmm. to see what that was about you know but yeah he's uh, he's, he's a, a problem
1: baby. he was a fresh baby when that happened yeah
2: yeah, yeah. I yeah he's, he's a problem he's mm-hmm. a problem and I mean and it was suddenly for the first time ever like it, what you said and are suggesting in a very definite fashion seems to be like heavyweight it's interesting again, right?
1: Yes, and when he fought Overeem, that was four years ago. It was a little over four years ago. It was his very first fight in the UFC, and he got clipped very early in the. I mean, it was in round number one. So, and you know, even with Team Old Guy, the last thing to go is monstrous power,
2: right? And, and it, oh, but somebody was telling me today, and this is something this, that has will we'll have some sort of impact on, on my future thoughts about him, but that he was a Sambo guy, is that correct? Yep. Oh yeah, that he's a he's a problem. Yes, <laughs> yes, he is. He's a problem. Well, you know what? Presuming they can make a deal with Ngano, which it sounds like they're closer to being able to do, we got a 20, uh, interesting twenty twenty three set up and it looks like they might keep me in the sport through the year if they make some of the more of the right moves and less of the crappy ones, so <laughs>
1: indeed then we're gonna move on here to roman delice now we discussed this a little bit earlier but if you want to add a couple of notes since you're the jujitsu guy and that was something we have not seen before
2: yeah well sadly i think i have seen it
1: (laughs) but but you've seen it because you're a black belt but think of the rest of us who are not
2: well, I think I, what I'm saying is I've, I've been on the business end of seeing it, and uh, it's a drag.
1: <laughs> I think Sorau,
2: I'm pretty sure Sorau has done this to me on some occasion. And it's, you, you, you understand, it's one of those moves that even to disengage from it, the guy, you're like, it's just, you know, the guy says, you say, okay, I'm tapping. I am tapping. And the guy goes, okay, I am stopping. Even to get untangled from that, it will be incredibly painful. I just, my heart went out to her, her Manson. It really, it was really, horrible.
1: Yeah, and it was so tight. There's a picture that's floating around, and it was just the pressure on my god I can't even imagine I don't even want to I'm going to physical therapy two to three times a week my yep. scheduled times are two times a week but I've been going on Saturdays when they have an opening mm-hmm. I can't I, I can barely get through that and I am watching this and thinking to myself okay that would add like five years of physical therapy for me
3: yeah
2: yeah yeah I mean yeah I don't did they have they talked to Hermanson since then?
1: Not that <laughs> I'm aware of. I don't know if he was at the presser because when the presser is going on, I'm recording the sixth round post fight. Yeah, today, so no,
2: I don't know. Yeah, I, I had I had to bail immediately post fight, so I, I I don't know if I were him, I'd say, yeah, I don't know. It probably. I mean, he could tell himself it probably won't happen again. But you know, who it'd, it'd be nice to see now him against Paul Craig.
1: Oh yeah, but the two different uh weight classes.
2: Yeah, I know somebody's got to come up or come down. Yeah. So
1: All right. So we're going to get to Eric Anders defeating Kyle Dalkhouse and that another stoppage. I mean, the underdogs were having a field day last night.
2: Yeah, I yeah. Yeah. And I, well, it's yeah, somewhat somewhat in uh, some instances I could see I could feel like this is a gimme, and I'll get to that when we get to that. But some instances, it felt like they uh, we're we're looking at gimmies not and that's not, not that's not, not bad. This that's one, not though. bad.
1: I mean, Kyle Dulkhouse was definitely the favorite going into this <sighs> one.
2: No, no, no. But I'm just saying, if I see a guy who's 16 and nine, yeah, oh, yeah. Uh, you, you know, it's like okay, why? who I don't know fighting somebody who uh, from is from a, an area where I think they're trying to drive interest. I guess like I get you, I get you. So
1: then we get. Philip Rowe shocking everybody and knocking out Nico Price in round number three. Pretty damn good fight, too. It was all right. I didn't mind it at all. Um, What'd you think?
2: I, I, like I said, to, at the, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if I did say it. that I have watched every single fight last night. Strangely enough, given how packed my schedule is with other stuff, I put it on in the car, risked life and limb to, <laughs> to watch as I was uh, as driving. Um, and yeah, I, that was a surprise to me. That was a surprise as well. Um, yeah, but you know what? I got. I, I mean, to me, I'm a happy camper if I'm coming out of it with new cares, right? Yeah, so
1: for sure, Angela Hill looked phenomenal against Emily Dakota last night. Absolutely yeah. phenomenal. You and I picked her, John passed on her. Big mistake because Angie looked rejuvenated and just man, I don't know what's going on in her training, but she is looking really sharp.
2: And and, and the, the other woman looks super, super flat. What the hell? What was, I don't, I don't understand. Know.
1: I don't know, but I don't want to take anything from Angie's performance though, because she did look really good.
2: Yeah, no, she looked she looked great. And, and it, it, to me, it seemed like a head great too. like, mm-hmm. you like she had just decided in her head. Nah, nah, all this other. Nah, nah, I'm not doing that again. You know, I, okay, I gotcha. I gotcha. Avoid the judges. I'm in.
1: And the commentary team kept going on about her being 37. But you have to yeah, realize she came into the sport kind of late. She wasn't in here at 18 or 16 or anything like that. She came in in her mid 20s. Yep. Yeah. So.
3: Yep. All
1: right. Then we get to another guy, another old guy, Clay Guida. Defeated uh, another old guy in Scott Holtzman. This fight was terrible. I'm gonna go ahead and put it out there. which Was yeah. awful, but Clay Guida got the win. I didn't have a problem with it. He seemed to. Uh, he seemed like. Um, If I had to throw a dart and have it land on a winner in that fight, it wouldn't have really mattered to me either way. But I I guess Clay won (laughs) it.
2: Well, you know what? I'll tell you one thing. One thing that made me happy and I didn't expect, I didn't, I I was, like I said, I watched every single fight as a protest thing. I was going to look away from this fight. Like I was going to listen to it, but not do it. And I was like, you know, I'm kind of being a jerk. I don't want to do that. I'm here. It doesn't hurt to look at, it. and then I see he comes out and he changes hair, and I was like, okay, yeah, all right. That that actually made made me somewhat happy, and I was like, okay, I think I can watch this fight in in, in good spirits, and um, and uh, I I felt a little bit less of uh, what somebody once described to me as, uh. Uh, so what, who cares? Why are you telling me? <laughs> so, <laughs> as, And I, I felt a little bit less of that. And I was like, that's good. Because, you know, guys out there fighting his heart out and deserve some sort of, you know, but I just, I just, God, I, and, you know, it seemed like he was fighting, like he's advancing, that he doesn't seem, you know, didn't take a lot of damage. I felt less weird about seeing this fight, for example, than I did about watching Darren Elkins.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes, for sure. Yeah, All right. Now we're going to move on to another total snoozer. Michael Johnson defeating Mark Diacchisi. And you know what? Mark Diacchisi put on a pretty good for performance. I, I don't have a problem with the decision. I just think that uh, it was... It was a fight that I hope Mark Diacchisi doesn't get cut from. Okay, and the reason I say that is because, yes, he had a couple of wins before this, but they were really grindy wrestling wins. Mm -hmm. You know how the UFC is. Sometimes they'll cut you on those. So this one loss following two wins, it doesn't say that he's safe. We'll say that. Especially after another grindy decision fight
2: yeah i i i, I don't I, I know i know i mean he um no I, I don't think he should get cut for this and, and I, I'm, I'm hoping you're right i hope he does not get cut um it was um I, um i it, i i i don't know i i felt okay about it like he came out he was doing the grandstanding the the first round and then it was just like dude wasn't having it and it was just like I mean, if, if we want to talk about journeymen, this was high quality journey journeyman. I don't think anybody should be punished for that. Mm-hmm. You're probably getting these guys for next to nothing. Um, exactly. Do not punish them for this. It's like, you know, and, and I think he's in a place where he could comfortably bounce back from. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: And the, but what got me was when they were announcing the decision, he was bouncing around. He was so happy. I think he was really pleased with his performance. Hey, I put in hard work against a real veteran and blah, blah, blah. And then the way his face just falls, it's, he's crushed.
3: Don't
2: no, I that. didn't buy that at all. I didn't buy that at all. I, I think that he was not surprised at all. But I, 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 I think he knew he had that lost on that his fight.
1: Face. I mean, he, his whole face just fell fell it was like mm. I, I was kind of sad i felt so bad for him
2: yeah i don't know i died uh, it seemed to me that he was that was the least good acting job i'd seen in a long time like <laughs> oh yeah i hate that i lost it's like i think he i think based on the fact that he had stopped the grandstanding by the middle of the second round indicated to me that he knew he was somewhat in trouble
1: all right okay we get to that massive massive, ugly fight with Darren Elkins and Jonathan Pierce. And you know what? Jonathan Pierce just tuned him up from, from the beginning to the end. And Darren Elkins looks, looked like something out of a horror movie. I mean, and then the way he celebrates that violence after the fight, just screaming with his arms up and just, I mean, it was like a a guttural, Caveman hunter call or something. I don't know what that thing was, but my god, the images, the still images that I'm seeing today of Darren Elkins just bathed in blood looks like something out of Apocalypse. Now, I mean, it was crazy. What did you think of it? It
2: was. It was also. It was also a throwback to a different uh, UFC. If you,
1: Mm, if you
2: like, you know, the split lip Robbie Lawler, you know, the bloody Diego Sanchez. It just seemed to me. You know, those fans old enough to remember that or who have long you know, fans of long standing to remember that would think, oh, these were, but that was a zeitgeist then. It now it just seemed like, uh, you know, and I don't care how the commentary disc is trying to say, oh, we could take a lot of punishment. It seemed out of step mm-hmm. to me, you know, like like what you were saying about how your heart was soaring when they did the corner did mm-hmm. and, the, and the new kind of sanitized version of. Uh, it's like clear at a certain point that that guy's not winning. You Stop the fight! Oh yeah, let him go out on the shield. Whatever, man. Yeah. And, and, I I, like and I'm just looking at the way his body was moving. Yeah, he's, I'm sure he's a plenty tough guy, but I was getting echoes of Tony Ferguson. So.
1: Yeah, at one point, are you gonna stop calling him tough and just calling him a guy that can take a beating?
3: Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. a
1: difference, you know. Yeah. Tough guys kind tend to kind of have rallies. We're not seeing rallies from Darren Elkins anymore.
2: Yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, he, I don't know. He's a grown adult man, mm-hmm. right? So
1: true. But at the same time, there are referees and corners yes. there that are supposed to monitor the safety of the fighter, and I don't feel like that people are doing their jobs adequately there.
2: I'm starting to think of the the, the car scene with Rod Steiger and Marlon Brando. Yeah. 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 You, know, huh. you should have looked out I was your brother. You should have looked out for me just a little bit. So. Uh,
1: what was the line from um, New Jack City? They were always saying, Am I my brother's keeper?
2: All right. Yeah. 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 Exactly right. You know?
1: You should have bet on Natan Levy. You were you were starting to and you stopped yourself. But you um
2: yeah, cuz I this is the guy that was fighting against a guy who was 16 and 9. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a I don't say it was a work, you know, it was a good fight. It could have gone either way, but it was clear to me that what you know, I was thinking get they were trying to, you know.
1: Oh no, it it wasn't going either way. Natan Levy won that unanimous decision handily, but no, point. but I, I
2: I mean from the point nine. of view that yeah. you know it, it's always a fifty percent deal, right? when right. going to any
1: fight, so but, but sixteen and nine, you're correct that that's a that's a record. He should have you know, he should have gotten at least the unanimous decision. so thankfully he did now this...
2: and, and I like that he called out uh I like that he called out uh,
3: yay mm,
1: yeah now nice. this next fight, Francis Marshall, boy. What a statement. What an introduction. He made sure everybody knows who he is when he knocked out Marcelo Rojo, who was a wildly big favorite. Yes. Just a minute and 14 seconds. So 74 seconds. That's all it took him to starch Marcelo Rojo.
2: Yeah, I felt a little bad for Ro. I, they showed his fan. I was like, yeah, you know, you guys knew that this could go any way, right? This is the game, name of the game. Yeah. Eesh. Yep.
1: And then the card opener, Yasmin Warig defeating Isla Nunez. Wow.
2: Yeah. They, now we gotta care. We, we, you we know, gotta...
1: when with her last fight, when it, remember it was Yasmin on Yasmin Crime. Uh-huh. That when she fought the yeah. other girl named yasmin that's and right She beat her and we were kind of looking at her saying her next fight we're gonna eyeball her next fight she wins that one and we'll definitely put her in the care list she is in the care list now
3: yep yeah officially yep. 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 uh
1: this girl is the real deal i am stupidly excited to see her next fight i can't wait she is awesome
2: Though, if I'm, gonna, if I'm going to, if I'm going to levy some sort of criticism, it's like, um, I, I just have to do it. I'm going to say right now, don't think that we don't know that she's 23. Yeah. Exactly. And, and, and 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 there are a lot of young fighters on this card who are probably being paid in sandwiches and M&M's. You know, uh, uh, and, and it with O'Malley out there saying, you don't really need agents. You don't need managers. They they just take your money, and, you know, uh, I'm hoping somebody's watching out for them just a little bit,
1: right? For sure. For sure. Now, we are going to move into UFC 282, Jan Blackwich versus... Magomed Ankaliyev. This is still a good card. It's just depressing that we don't get to see some Yuri and Glover violence. Because that first fight was great for my money. It was the second best fight of the year. My first best fight of the year is still Matt Schnell versus Sue That's my favorite fight of the year. I don't think anything's going to top that. However, we have a great card here. Eugene, do your thing.
2: Cry babies, bedwetters, greedy bread goblers, work-shy individuals, malingerers, fault finders. This is less to do with your skills and talents as a fighter and much more to do with the marketing heft and weight put behind you by the overlords of the now no longer failed IPO folks at Endeavor, uh, the Baldwin and or the UFC. If you don't like being a don't-care side of the equation, the solution is simple. Fight an exciting fight. Until then, don't come crying to us, bedwetters. Whoop,
1: whoop. All right. We are going to start from the bottom up. As always, bout order is subject to change, and we are using the topology quicksheet. First fight on the card, Cameron Salman versus Steven Koslow at phantom weight. Don't care. Don't care. All right. Next up, oof, OSP versus Antonio Trocoli. Don't care, because who is Antonio Trocoli?
2: Well, if he's related to Tom Tricoli's dog, for fans of SST records, that should be like a smile for you. Uh, it's still not enough for me to care. And OSP, how how low the mighty have fallen.
1: All right. And for those wondering, John is flying right now, so we don't have his picks yet, but we will get his picks in this week, and we'll get him over to Beaton Finley so that we all have our official picks in. Well,
2: his picks are all going to be wrong anyway, so at least we we know that.
1: We'll be tying for first and leaving him in the dust. Mm -hmm. Now, next up, we have Jay Perrin versus Raul Rosas Jr. at Bantamweight. I don't care, but... It, it will probably be a good fight. Bantamweight is pretty deep, and there are always exciting fights there, but it's way outside of relevancy. It's pretty far down on a 14-fight card as well.
2: Yeah, I, I'm not caring.
1: All right. Next up, Daniel Da Silva versus Vinicius Salvador. This is a flyweight. I don't care. I don't know either of them.
2: Yeah, I, I, I don't care either.
1: All right. Next up. Chris Curtis versus Joaquin Buckley at 185. That's going to be a banger. I do care. I'm going to pick this one because based on our premise, fight an exciting fight, that first premise, that is this fight right here. I'm picking. Yep. I am going to go. Shit. I don't even know which way to go because they're both kind of, you know, wild men. I think I'm gonna go Chris Curtis. I'm just gonna throw a dart. I think I'm gonna oh, go. Oh, girl, you,
2: you stole my you stole my thing.
1: Well, you know, here's the thing with Chris Curtis. He can hit like a truck. Yeah. So that 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 is my thinking there. But Wat-
2: I, I, just, I just I just when I make that pick, I just I have a stronger feeling than if I were gonna say Walkie. Like I think and Buckley could get lucky, mm-hmm. but 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 I but I don't say the same about Chris Curtis. I think Chris Curtis could take it. You know.
1: Yeah. For sure. Now, I know Chris Curtis took the loss to Jack Hermanson, but that that loss is, listen, no shame in it. Jack Hermanson is still a badass, but he has won. Good God. The last time he lost before that was so far back, it was to Ray Cooper back in PFL. All of his fights inside the UFC, he won with the exception of Jack Hermanson. I mean, he beat Rodolfo Rivera and Brendan Allen, and Phil Hawes, and Kenny Robertson. Yeah, I'm definitely taking Chris Curtis.
2: Good. All right. And we and we don't know John's picks, but they're probably wrong anyway.
1: Exactly. He'll probably go with the other guy.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go.
1: <laughs> All right. Next up, we have Jairzinho Rosenstruck versus Chris Doakhouse. This was supposed to happen a while back. Now we're getting it. So I am unsure on this one because Chris Doakhouse is the better Doakhouse of the brothers however he can be stopped and he can be f- befuddled Rosenstruck is he shouldn't be as raw as he is as far into his career as he is yeah. he doesn't seem to learn
2: well that's my whole educability thing and he's not but you know he's not Nigerian so uh...
1: I think I'm going to pass on this one
2: oh I'm not
1: I, I think I am. I'm going to pass on this one, but I'm definitely interested to hear your take.
2: I'm picking look, uh okay. because um, I don't think you have to be a genius to, know, to, to have done the math on this and to figure out that he has done what they call under-delivered and... Um, is, would I, he can't be in a position where he's not mindful of that, so um, so I, I see him as rising to the occasion, and like I've said before, I see someone like House as being much more like kind of a Chase Sherman, much more comfortable with losing than he should be, really. So. Um... Yeah, I, I don't know. I could be going wrong. It, it, keep in mind, though, this is a do. Or, in my mind, this is a do or die situation for for uh, and I think he knows that. Whether or not he can rise to the occasion, I you know don't know. But I, I, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm gonna pick him.
1: All right, okay. Next up at Featherweight, Eric Silva versus T.J. Brown. Do not care. I might care yeah. after this fight if Eric Silva can get by T.J. Brown. I might give him a a second glance, but right now I'm gonna pass.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not caring.
1: I will care about this next fight though because I'm a huge Billy Quarantillo fan, and he is taking on Alexander Hernandez, who is the. That guy, that annoying guy. But, anyways, I think Billy Quarantillo should take this. This is a good fight too. Um, this is gonna be a barn burner. But I, I'm taking Billy Q here. How about you? Are you caring at all, or no? Yes. Uh last
2: time I picked Billy Q, I think I got in trouble, didn't I? Oh.
1: Um, I don't know.
3: Mm-hmm. Um, um,
1: maybe. Um, he 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 lost to Shane Burgos. He beat Gabriel Benitez right before that. Oh, he's, he's only taken two losses inside the UFC and he's won all his other fights.
2: And who's the, who's he fighting here again?
1: Alexander Hernandez. Now let me tell you about Alexander Hernandez. He has, he lost to Renato Moicano. He beat Mike Breeden, but he lost to Tiago Moises. He lost to Drew Dober. He managed to beat Chris Gritzmacher. Uh He lost to Donald Cerrone. He managed to beat Francisco Trinaldo. It seems that he has a certain level he can beat, but a step up.
3: Yeah, that's what him I'm feeling.
1: And I believe that Billy Quarantillo is a, either a step up or very similar in his place in space. But Billy Quarantillo, I think, has more upward mobility because he beats better quality opponents. His yeah, but losses-
2: it's an exciting fight.
1: Yes. Yes, it is.
2: Okay. I'll pick Billy Q. All
1: right. Billy Q for you. All righty.
2: And already my ass is starting to hurt a little bit. I could feel I've been <laughs> Lucy Van Pelted, but I don't know. We'll no,
1: see. no. I'm picking him, too. We're yeah, both okay. we're both riding Billy Q. Don't worry. Okay, okay, okay. All right. Next up at middleweight, Edmund Shabazian versus Dolce Lungiambula. I'm gonna pick this because this is a gimme mm-hmm. for me. Dolce mm-hmm. Lungiambula hits like a truck. Edmund Shabazian, listen, I feel like if he was at a different camp, if he wasn't with Edmund Tarverdian, because that is where he trains. Mm-hmm. I feel like he would do so much better. He's a gifted athlete. He has talent. He yep. has everything needed to be a great fighter if he were somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I think Dolce Lundjambula is going to win this fight.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big uh kind of fanatic. Yeah, yeah, I came late to the game, so I feel comfortable picking him on this.
1: Yeah, and I know he's lost his last three fights. I know that. But he's lost mm-hmm. Pretty decent guys. I mean, Punahele Soriano hits like a truck.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So does you know Cody Brundage is a, a good grappler, and he lost a decision to one of the toughest guys in the in the. You know what? Maybe I shouldn't take Dolce. Let's let's revisit this. You know what? I'm gonna pass on it. You should, too. Eugene, pass on this one. Why? Because Dolce is struggling heavily, and this would be mm-hmm. the time when Edmund finally figures it out.
2: Uh, yeah, no, let's pass. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, and,
1: and let me tell you why else we're passing. They're both on three fight losing streaks, both of them. We need to yeah, okay. pass. Yep. Yeah. We're, we're, we're taking a flyer on this. So I'm not letting you do it. <laughs>
2: Okay. All right. Good. 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 Good.
1: <laughs> All right. I know it's tempting, but we got to do it. Okay. okay. This fight, though, we're picking Bryce Mitchell versus Ilya Tapurio. fifteen and zero against twelve and zero. Whoo! This is really the main event right here. This is the main event. Two badasses. Ilya got them hands. Bryce got that crazy grappling. And he's an aggressive grappler, too. I don't think he gives two shits about Ilya's hands. Oh, my goodness. I love this fight. You know what? I'm taking Bryce Mitchell. I don't care if he's a wild, flat earther or whatever. When he's in the cage, he's a different animal altogether. So I'm taking Bryce Mitchell
2: it's funny i was gonna say this i said very much the same thing i was gonna like you know what uh so often in life we got to do our hold the nose thing before you know hold the nose before making a pick and i'm gonna hold my nose and make the pick but but bryce has clearly got something to prove and it's all about proving it so i'm Yeah, I I feel like this is a a safe and comfortable choice to make 100% of the time. Yeah,
1: and there's a reason he's 15-0 and and he's got so many grappling finishes. I mean, and he is dogged. He doesn't care. He just keeps going. Yeah. So I love that about him. I mean, I'm... The measure of a fighter for me right now, because so many of them are problematic, seeing Robert Whitaker put that post up about date night, going to see a fucking Jordan Peterson conference, get out of my feed. And that just just told me basically that you can't be a fan of any of these guys because they're all trash. However, what they're doing inside the cage is a thing of beauty. So I'm only going on what they're doing in the cage from this point forward. And I love what Bryce Mitchell and Ilya Tepuria do in the cage. But Bryce, I think, has many more tools. So I'm picking it that way. Next up.
2: I like that. I like that attitude. I like that attitude. I
1: like the the the... hold your nose thing. That's a perfect analogy for it.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I, what is, What is Whitaker? Why would he feel a need to publicize that?
1: I don't know, but here he is with his lovely wife, and they're all smiles. If I were his wife, I'd be like, why do you like that crybaby man that thinks women are property?
2: Yeah, yeah, man. Wow, 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 wow.
1: I know. The one that we thought that we could fly with? Forget
2: yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, right. you know, there, there are a few, like Dan Hardy still yeah. out there fighting a the good fight, right? <laughs> so I think... He has it. Oh, whoa. Oh, oh, sorry. He got dinged for some weird sexual harassment. What wasn't uh, sexual
1: harassment. It was, he was like, he shouted, like he screamed down some female UFC employee like she was nothing. There was no <laughs> sexual harassment to it. He was just. Abominable behavior-wise yeah. thought that he could talk like that to all employees because he was also an employee that he could get away with just basically berating people behind stage.
2: Yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway.
1: All right, next up, this is a good fight. Darren Till versus Dreku Duplessis. I'm taking Drecu Duplessis because them hands don't lie.
2: Yeah, and Darren Till is, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) Listen, Darren Till has nice technical boxing. I will not deny that. But I feel that his power was wildly overrated because of the couple of knockouts he got early in his career. But he ain't stunning or knocking nobody out lately. And I think that as he fought upwards in competition, Things got tough for him. And Du Duplessis is looking like the future. So I'm yep. going to take Du Duplessis here and not even look back.
3: Yep, 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 yep.
1: So DDP for me and DDP for you. Yep. All right. Next up, Santiago Ponzanibio and Robbie Lawler. I would oh. normally care about this because Robbie Lawler is my all-time favorite fighter. But I'm going <laughs> to take a flyer on this one. I don't
3: want probably yeah. get beat
1: up, and I think that Santiago Ponzinibbio is gonna do it. I I need
2: I need to think of a name or an acronym for these type of fights, like where you like the guy too much to see him continue to do mm-hmm. it, right? Like, like I felt like same with Guido, same with a Frankie Edgar, same with you know, it's just a category of fight where. Um, I, I, I got I'll come up with a name for it. maybe I'll have I'll, I'll hive it on the show stomper but there's got to be a name for it. I, I love Lawler and I do not want to see this fight so I'm yeah. out
1: I mean Lawler's 29 and 16 and Santiago Ponzinibbio's 28 and 6 mm-hmm. you know I just think that I don't know. I just don't like this fight and I'm real worried about it. So I'll be watching this through my fingers, but I would not recommend this. And that Mm -hmm. is why I'm not going to care about it because cares are more recommendations. We're curating the card for you. So this is, these are fights we would recommend to you. This is not one I would recommend. All right, next up, the co-main event. I would recommend this fight. Jared Gordon taken on Patty Pimblett. This is a good fight. And for those out there wondering, you know, Jared Gordon is he really a test for Patty Pimblett? Yes, he is. Jared Gordon is a tough son of a gun. Jesus, he's nineteen and five. Patty's nineteen and three. They are very, very well matched. This is a good test for both of them. Mm -hmm. I am taking Patty because he has more routes to victory. He has heavy hands and he has exceptional grappling. Mm -hmm. So I will take Patty Pemlin here. And also, I'm kind of... I can't begrudgingly and liking Patty Pimlet's stuff that's coming out, like the thing where he went and rang the neighbor's doorbell because his dog had taken a a proper sloppy shit in your front yard, man. Yeah, you have yeah, a hose yeah. I was like could clean it up with who does that?
3: But it was clearly mm -hmm. in
1: his neighborhood because, you know, she immediately knew who he was and I'm sure he's not walking his dog in strange neighborhoods. So that was mm -hmm. cool that he did the neighborly thing. I liked it.
3: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm. Um,
1: Who are you picking in this one?
2: I, uh, you know me, I'm an inveterate, uh, uh, cake crapper, it's and right. and, I, and I I like Pimlet and I like the whole shtick and I can see the world is is being laid out for him as it has been for a lot of British fighters who they think that they're trying to develop the market over there. Um,
1: I like that he's brave enough to be very left leaning too. He's a lefty, hardcore lefty. Him and Molly Meatball are all about fuck the Tories and yeah, and that's that. right. Yeah, yeah very left leaning.
2: Uh, what's the other guy's record
1: 19 and 5 against patty's 19 and 3 and just so you know gordon's pretty tough let me give you some some of his wins and his losses he just beat leonardo santos when he was the underdog in that fight he only lost to grant dawson no shame in that because grant dawson is a killer he beat joe selecki danny chavez chris fishgold damaret but when he takes the step up Charles Oliveira, Joaquin Silva, and Diego Ferreira, he loses. So I think Patty might be a step up for him.
2: And where's the fight?
1: It's, it's this one is taking place in in Vegas. It's UFC 282. Shit. I, hang on, I think. Let me just make absolutely sure that I'm telling you the right thing. Uh, yes, it is in Vegas. Now, Patty's uh, Patty is um, let's see here. He lost to Nad Nairmani. Um, no shame in that. Soren Bach, and way back in the beginning, Cameron Els, um, is undefeated in the UFC, and he they are progressing him properly. He went from Luigi Vendramini to Rodrigo Vargas, then up to Jordan Leavitt. And now he's taking on Jared Gordon. It's it's good progression, and Jared Gordon's a tough guy. I just think that Patty's going to, I think Patty will take it.
3: Okay.
2: All right. All right. All right. Patty. I don't, I don't know. I, uh, no, I'm going to go for Gordon.
1: No, don't do it. You're going to. Okay. All right. I'll take Patty. It. All right. You're going <laughs> to regret that. And look at it this way if it goes wrong, we're both going wrong with it. Okay, all right. all right, all right. now, next up, Jan Blachwicz taking on Magomed Ankalaev. This is a very, very good fight. It is winnable by Blachowicz, but I think Ankolaev is going to prove too much for him.
2: You know, every time in recent memory, every time I picked against Poland.
1: I know. So right.
2: I'm I'm going to go with Blahovitz.
1: All right, so Blahovitz for you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And I I, I have said his pronunciation of his name in two different ways because I have heard it both ways and I am unsure if it's Blahovitz or Blahovitch or Blahovitz is is how
2: Blachowicz. I think the wife who's Polish pronounces
1: it. Blahovitz. I will yeah. I will default to Kaja because she knows best. So Blahovitz.
2: Yeah, right. but then every time I say something, then she's like giving me the stink eye because I did it wrong, so who knows?
1: Well, I will default to her. I think mm-hmm. that you probably have the closest proper pronunciation being that your wife is from Poland. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah I'll default to her. Okay. So that is gonna wrap up our picks. Eugene, what do you have going on? Because a little bird tells me you're filming something very special today. <sighs>
2: Yeah, we got uh, Kieran uh, Achenai, uh, uh a uh, Belfast, uh, Ireland uh, a film director, who's flown over to do the first Oxbow video for a song from uh, um, Love's Holiday. The song is called Icy, White, and Crystalline. So he's flown out, and we're going to – not only is he doing um, – a the uh a music video for the song but he's also doing uh, maybe some people remember last time we did this thing called a thin black book which is fundamentally an explainer guide for the record since we see the journalists just use the same words from the last review and don't really are not reading the lyrics or anything so we decided to do instead of doing another book this time we tried to do an explainer video um which you know it's a mini documentary which would be kind of cool um it'll be absent lyrics um but anybody who actually gets a lyric uh, gets a record to review should have a lyric sheet with it uh that's the one thing that the book did it's like made sure you had the lyrics for the record but um so he's filming and it'll be like song remains the same everybody will have in the band will have their segment kind of because he's not you know for him this is the first time he's been to america and it's like where we live um in, in an effort to personalize oxbow is really weirdly would distinctly in kind of um uh, mysteriously, uh, 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 American for him. Like he, for example, he's staying with me now and he, his system is all screwed around because of, uh, uh, you know, jet lag. So he's up at like four in the morning and he went out walking in my neighborhood (laughs) and and found, Yeah. 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 And came back terrified and he, I said, terrified. Why? He took a picture. Apparently somebody hung two crows, uh, from a, a high tension oh. electrical wire So these two dead grows Swinging there. Uh, I don't know whether somebody did it because they it, it figured out it scares away other crows or uh, I don't know what the deal was. So, but he, uh, you know, Kasia goes, oh, no, those were Hollywood. Those were Halloween leftovers. But I I, oh. I, I don't know. I, I didn't see it. But the photograph was, of course, eerie. So that's what we're doing but, today. That's why we have to be. That's why I'm your rushing house through everything. is probably
1: the best place because it is an oasis outside, though. <sighs> I yep. mean, and Kasha keeps it so cute inside, too. I mean, well, they, I, but I yeah, he's,
2: the- he's in the unit, though. So he's, he's not actually been able to make it into the house.
1: <laughs> he's in the unit. What's the unit? I'm sorry.
2: I got I have a I have a, uh, uh, what do you call uh, a mother-in-law unit in the back, so.
1: Oh, I had no idea. That's, see, that's, my God, that's really cool.
2: Yeah, I, I used to. I, yeah, you've heard me tell stories about renting it and then renting it to the guy who just got out of San Quentin. And no, the guy you went,
1: have never told me that story.
2: No, oh, yeah. Well, that guy, he had to go. He lasted for a little bit and then he had to go. So I <laughs> and then the guy, the the mental. I, 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 yeah, my days of a land, being a landlord. or. or
1: oh, my of, goodness. I'm so going to do an episode about that. <laughs> yeah okay all uh, right do it. so do me a favor follow eugene on twitter at eugene s robinson and mr sleep and the number three on Instagram you can find everything you want on those two links definitely follow the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. stack subscribe um, throw him a bone if you can you know Eugene works really really hard and he's worth a million zillion trillion dollars but whatever you got would be awesome
2: I'd take nickels some yes. guy sent the nickel trying to be funny and I was happy to get it that was a nickel See? I didn't have before
1: there you go so anyways do that And please stay safe. So until next time.
0: Thank you for tuning in to this Bloody Elbow Presents production. To check out more of our content, subscribe to our YouTube channel, which is titled Bloody Elbow Presents. We're also on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast. Player FM, and Amazon Music. Just search for Bloody Elbow Presents and you'll get brand new shows throughout the week, including Care Don't Care, The Level Change Podcast, The MMA Vivisection, The Sixth Round Post-Fight Show, Sixth Round Retro, The MMA Depressed Us, Crookland's Corner, Exclusive Fighter Interviews, Show Money, Guest Podcasts, The Hey Not The Face podcast, and radio style play-by-play for every UFC pay-per-view. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Bloody Elbow, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Bloody Elbow blog, and as always, on BloodyElbow.com.